I've stopped gabbing and started gabbing. All right, that's deep. <laughs> Yo, Hello. Gabba, Gabba. God damn it, Destiny! Sorry. <laughs> 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 well, we have a cold open. Welcome to Abnormal Mapping. I'm your host, Matthew Marco, and welcome to episode 29. This podcast is as old as I am. Joining Woo! me is regular yeah! co-host, Jackson Tyler. Hey, what's up? And erstwhile third chair, Destiny Sturdivant. Hello. You need to get up on that mic, girl. I am up on the mic. Hello. Hi. How's everybody doing? Bam, no. Yeah. That like that? <laughs> what was that? That's the noise. That's the noise of my mood today. I'm actually in a good mood. I've been up and down all week, and then you caught me at a good time to record this podcast. Well, it's good, considering we scheduled this podcast, like, months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it worked out. Every the Everything aligned. Uh, I'm alright. I haven't played any video games, though, so... Who? That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Jackson, tell me about... Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, hang on. I have a piece of paper here. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <sighs> so, <laughs> I was doing the Morning Mario thing, trying to get through the Super Mario games as a learning exercise, a tour through history. And I reached Mario Brothers 2, and it was the hardest thing, and I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm terrible at it. I can't. And then, and you were- so, 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 wait, 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 let me, okay, so, when you were like, I'm going into Super Mario Bros. 2, I don't really know anything about this game, I'm like, don't, relax, it's the easiest Mario game, you'll be fine. Yep, that's because what you said. Because as a child, I played this game a lot, and I like it a lot, um, and you just had your dick kicked in the dirt over and over again by that game. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Ow. And, and so, I, uh, this this come this comes up on Friday. Uh, on Monday, I put out a video where I I was wondering because I've admittedly not played that game in over a decade. If I remembered wrong, and the game's actually really hard, or if you're just bad at video games, that was my uh, hypothesis, the thesis that I was going into that game with. And so I sat down and played that game and got to the end of World Six on one continue. So a that's still my favorite Mario game of the NES era. And B, you're bad at video games. Well, Dang. soon we're going to play Ninja Gaiden, and then I will have my revenge. Oh, yeah. I freely admit that, like, the the games I am good at are the platformers, and you are good at the action games. I'm very sad that you won't record Ninja Gaiden, because that would destroy you as a human being. But no, I wish I, I, can't I, wish I could watch That's that. I wish I could... Yeah, I know. I will probably be on Skype with you for a bunch of that. That so is close that's... enough. That is close yeah. enough. I will accept this. <laughs> uh, but... No, that uh, Mario Two is really difficult um, because it's I think not a that game's. I think that game's amazing. It's yeah, I guess. I, I love that it like 
it gives you such this this strange world that is like so antithetical to more traditional Mario and that a lot of the enemies are really passive, but I mean, they'll hurt you, but they don't seem particularly interested in doing so. Well, when there's an enemy that's interested in you, it's real. like, it's actually frightening. So those, um, what are they? The, like the fire flowers that shoot fire at you. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they follow you and they chase you and they aim at you. And that's, that's so true. different from how the game usually focuses its, uh, obstacles. Cause normally they're just walking back and forth and sometimes they'll bump into you. Yeah. And like, like uh, most of the enemies in the game, you can just like ride on their heads. They, they won't shake you off or anything. You're just on for the ride. And like there's puzzles in that game that require you to just jump on enemies and ride them around. Well, that that game is incredibly indifferent to you as a player. Yeah, You're just kind I, of there. I, I think that like makes sense in the like the dream logic that forms its narrative and like the world itself. But it's uh, also the most un Mario thing because I feel like Mario is defined by this sense of at least outside of this game is often defined by the sense of created obstacle courses. The but... the thing that's really interesting to me is this game reminds me a lot of Mario sixty four. Mm-hmm. In that. Mario 64 gives you these huge expanses to, like, play around in, but, like, and enemies will, like, attack you, but for the most part, it's about you understanding the world more than it is, like, navigating a bunch of hazards. Mm-hmm. And that that's Mario 2 to me. Like, I mean, it's, like, it's your ability to just jump and move and not run into things that are going to harm you that is the challenge, not bullet bills are going to fly across the screen over and over again and you have to be able to jump over them or stomp them or whatever mm-hmm. it's it's yeah it's i i just despise it because i have to play it every morning <laughs> but yeah, i uh i i almost beat it in a single sitting so uh, there you go brag well, then, brag yeah then i hate you then i guess this how it's part, of it, part of its memory but uh and, and like the, i as i was playing i'm like i don't remember this level and i was like oh i i remember this or i'd remember things wrong uh, which was fun, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I freely admit this is the type of game I'm good at, so it does color things. I mm-hmm. played it recently on Wii, and I couldn't get past uh, the first boss, so got to go back and try it again. See what you I just, remember. You just uh, watch my Memorial Day memorial video. <laughs> Were you memorialized? I memorialized Mario for a day. Memorialized. On memorial day. The joke's terrible, and you shouldn't be proud of it. It's true. He's right. I'm proud of it because it's terrible. <laughs> I know. I know. Like most things that Matt does, <laughs> he is terrible and proud of them. And proud of I th- them because I think you're they are selling, terrible. You're selling me a little short, but okay. You should yeah. be proud. You should be proud. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what, have been, what have you been playing, Destiny? Binding of Isaac Rebirth? Anything else? Uh, that's pretty much it. That's just been my go-to late night game. You know what I did pick up that I had not played in probably six months was Spelunky. And oh, yeah. Trying to remember the controls <laughs> and what made that game, uh, really smooth for me when I was playing it almost every day. Uh, it was like learning how to, like, learn how to tie your shoes again or something like if you forget to or like trying to write in cursive after years and years of manuscript uh so that was fun and embarrassing 
we, we you were on a Skype call with me, and we both picked up Spelunky. We were like, oh, let's play Spelunky again. We both did a daily challenge. You immediately ran up into Spikes. I picked up one coin and ran into Spikes. Yeah, he beat me by 100 uh, bucks. Yeah, it was really funny. I feel like uh, that's a game that you can't just give up for six months and then decide, oh, this will be a relaxing evening, picking this up again. Um... It highlighted the differences between it and Binding of Isaac in a really real way. Like coming back, I feel like Binding of Isaac is way more intuitive, and you don't lose that skill no. in the same way because it's way more muscle memory. It's also way less based on items and strategy, yeah, and tactics. Uh, it's a more base thing, and the buttons are weird and spelunky. Mm-hmm. Like it took me a while when I first played, like very fresh to it. I remember thinking the buttons were weird, and I you can remap the controls, but I never do that. The buttons in Spelunky had an abnormal mapping. <laughs> don't do not do it. You're going to ruin... <laughs> that's not <laughs> what abnormal mapping means. You're going to ruin the connotation it summons up in people's minds. If you just mean that, like, the sticks are inverted, we're fucked. Like, this whole podcast goes to pieces. <laughs> don't talk about the sticks, man! I tried what? to find your house, but I couldn't. The it, There was abnormal mapping. Yep. Wow. <laughs> That's why you uh, shouldn't use Bing Maps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what else I did play? I played Bing. Super Mario Brothers 2, or new Super Mario Brothers 2. And talk about difficult platformer. Wah, wah. I, I, uh, I played a chunk of that game because... I had enough Nintendo coins and own enough Nintendo games that I just had coins to buy us both copies of that. Um, and, uh, I, there's something about the way that modern Mario games, like, make coins and gold look that, like, really appeals to me. Yeah. There's, like, a shine to everything. Like, when you get the golden block head and you're just running around and there's coins bump, like, it's falling so out everywhere. It's super satisfying, too. Um, and it's interesting because in most Mario games, I could give zero fucks about coins in general, uh, outside of the three star coins or whatever. But, uh, th- that game's, that game's alright. Uh, given the fact that it's labeled New Super Mario Brothers, I was not expecting a whole lot. But I've been kind of surprised by it. It's nice. It's also really coin centric. Like, you have to get yeah. a certain amount of coins to get into certain areas and, your coins buy you like extra little mini game things and you can well, street pass to get coins. Like it's a whole, it's a coin centric Mario in a way that I have not seen. The whole thing's like a quest for a million coins, right? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of coins. <laughs> whole mess yeah. of coins. Um, in reality, like New Super Mario Brothers at this point to me is kind of like the leisurely Mario that I don't get too excited about, but that game's fun to load up every once in a while. Fake baby Mario for fake babies, you saying? No, no, no. It's not that. (laughs) But, like, like Galaxy and 3D World and Land are, like, exciting. Like, you, you, it's a game that, like, encourages you to, like, do death-defying things Mm -hmm. in a way that the 2D Marios just don't have in them. Yeah. Like, the way I play, like, Mario Land or Mario Galaxy, I'm, like, long jumping over incredible golfs and wall jumping to places I shouldn't be. And, like, this game just does, like, the structure of 2D Mario games just doesn't have that. I associate the ridiculousness way more with Galaxy than Land or than the 3D Land and World games, but you're right. Uh, oh, I, I played, I played those games to break them. 
also you barely got to the part where Mario Land Mario 3D Land becomes that, that game. That is true. I did. I'm still in like world 1 of the second go through the actual game. Yeah. Oh, the real game. I'm excited the, about. It's got to yeah. open up to you. The game that's not for babies. <laughs> it was going to be the man's joke. game. No, no, no. I'm not the man's game. Just the game that's not for babies. Don't call it the man's game because then I'll never play it again. And the, I like that game a lot. The game for adults. <laughs> Just not for babies. For professional Mario, games enthusiasts. Mario 3D Land doesn't hold your hand. PGEs. It's like a book in video game form. It's like a novel. <laughs> it has Final Fantasy It's like a novel. Stop it. <laughs> we do it's, this joke it, every five minutes and it is driving Matt up the wall. <laughs> it's so nuanced. <laughs> It's like Raymond Chandler. You know what, <laughs> Destiny? You're disinvited from this podcast. It's like... Only because it just leads to you both teaming up on me. And I'm supposed to be the heel. You can't well, be the heel and the host. That's right. I don't heal on this podcast. You can't heal. You heal and trash bagged. But you shouldn't pile up on your host. We're not piling up on you. Yes, you are. No. You're both antagonizing this me. This is a friendly Never. nudging. We're just... No, this is antagonizing. It says the heel. I'm not the heel. You said you were the heel. You literally just said that. But Jackson reminded me that I can't heal and host, and I'm actually just hosting. Healing really and hosting podcasting. is my uh, televangelist <laughs> network <laughs> title. <laughs> Healing and hosting. How to uh, find enlightenment through um, hosting websites. I have a uh, spinoff, uh, Healing and Hosting and Toasting, that's also a cooking <laughs> show. I have a comedy show uh, that also samples wine and shoes called healing hosting toasting and, and roasting, roasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the um, oh go yeah. ahead i was just gonna add a, a joke about moving places and calling it healing and hosting and toasting and roasting and coasting but i was gonna do that same joke about doing the same thing destiny did but not being as enthusiastic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 so I'm glad that we went there. <laughs> I have one about um, braggarts called healing and hosting. Yep. Coasting nope. and toasting. And roasting. And, ho- Roast- uh, and boasting. <laughs> yeah. We got there in the end. I didn't we do don't have a segment two today. <laughs> Can you so, tell? I don't like video games anymore. And it's a problem. I mean, um, we've, is it a problem? I feel like this has been kind of the subtext of this entire <laughs> podcast. We're this like, is... let's start a podcast. We like video games. And I think on podcast like two or three, we started talking no, about was, how we don't was like two. video games. It was okay. two. It was the fir- the second. Oh, did it, did we get all the way to Bravely Default before it really happened? It was the day that we played all the, it was the whatever episode we played all those indie games. Oh, that might have been three. Is it? I think it was three. All I remember is that we did the one with Link to the Past and we were like, how do we hate video games? And then we immediately played Bravely. You did that one. It was the Pokemon XY that like really hit me. Why do you hate video games? So I don't hate video games. I just don't play, I don't like them anymore. And that's a different thing in that like I don't bear them a lot of ill will. I just. Like, right now in my life, I'm doing other things, and I'm not interested in games to the point where it's affected this podcast poorly. Like, I've enjoyed the last couple games we played, but I think I think, I think the episodes have suffered. I don't know. That's just me That's thinking. That's not true. That's not true. As someone I who think the episodes have suffered. But, um, part of also this is Jackson's been listening to me say I want to quit the podcast for about six months now. At least. 
uh, ever since we go- went up to two a month is what I eventually realized it was. Um, and so we're going to not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lie because next month we have two podcasts. So we have to finish eight and we have a new game club. But after mm-hmm. that, I, we're going to cut back down to one for a while. Um, in my mind, it's probably forever, but. Uh, in my and, mind, it's not, but we'll see. <laughs> in, in reality, we will probably do extra podcasts around them, but they won't be a, like a, like a thing that we plan for and schedule around. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, I don't want to play two games a month ever again. <laughs> I don't fair. blame you. It's, it's um, rational. The RPG Explorers Club will continue. They'll just be folded into normal game club, uh, which is actually going to mean more work, but I still feel better about it. Yep. We're just going to do podcasts once a month and video games will get played, probably. Yeah. And then if we have more guests on or do strange things like we did with Mike, uh, th- like that stuff will still be there. We're not going to like not do those. Mm-hmm. You think weird stuff. Ever... Oh, sorry. Nah, that's all I got. <laughs> I was going to say, are you gonna, do you think cutting down will, uh, help you find your love of video games, uh, renewed? Well, well that's it, what we're it, gonna it's see. Already, it's already made me feel better about the podcast, so. That's important. Yeah. I was talking Jackson, uh, was that Friday? Yeah. I'm like, now that we're down to one a month, I actually feel good about this again. And that, that I hadn't felt that way in a very long time. So that was exciting. Mm hmm. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm also going to uni again in September, so that'll mess everything up. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm not going to lie and say that's not a part of it, because you have a lot of time now for reasons that are not permanent, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm like, we should, I want to, my desires at the moment is filled with the fact that I have a lot of free time for reasons that are not of my choosing, so I'm like turning everything into work, which you relate to, but you have a job now. Yeah, I have a job, and I have a bunch of other hobbies that I've already turned into work. <laughs> it's how we process everything, which is probably bad. <laughs> but Whereas hey. I turn nothing into work, and I uh, procrastinate a lot, so video games are right up my alley. <laughs> um, But uh, in our efforts to cut down, uh, we're also kind of cutting down the YouTube channel. So you've had computer trouble. Mm-hmm. And so we cut the uh, Final Fantasy XIII 2 up into every uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, this is just going to be an update since we don't have a segment two. And, uh, but those are over now, and we're going back to five a week. Yes. Uh, you are already a week into Broken Age Act 2 at this point. Yep, got seven episodes of that done. I'll record the rest of it soon. And after that, we're actually going to uh, split that up even further, whereas we're going to have a, like, normal Let's Play running Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday and Thursday, I am going to start playing Fallout New Vegas, which is a game too big to do as a normal Let's Play, because it would just take up the channel for a year. (laughs) Instead, it's going to take up half of the channel, or two-fifths of the channel for three years. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, I'm really excited for that. I don't know. I'm excited for that too because I kind of want to play that game. Um, I'll be recording them in like, it's probably going to be a little longer episodes, like 40 minutes or so. Uh, just because that game requires more episodes to fill, like, it's too big to do 20 minute episodes about. Mm-hmm. I get nothing done. Like, there'd just be episodes where I'm like, let's just organize our inventory today. Uh, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. 
And the truth of the matter is that while we were having big anxieties about what are we going to do, we've turned everything into work, is that we suddenly realized that we could just make any changes we want and none of it mattered. Oh yeah, yep. like, this is this is a free podcast, as Jack, <laughs> as Destiny is uh, want to say on her podcast, as Pete Holmes would say, uh, and then I just take that from him. Okay, I just associate with you. Thanks, because I don't know Pete Holmes from Adam. He's a pretty nice guy. Okay. Um, and so also like you know nobody watches our channel, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even watch our channel, even though I'm like, hey, Destiny, watch these videos I did. They're good. I'm slowly watching... What was the last one you did? The thing you did. The Castlevania videos. Mm-hmm. I am. I've been done with those for almost a month now. I'm busy. I have to read books for the book club I'm in with you. I have a, I have a couple of other podcasts. Mm-hmm. I have a job. I have mm-hmm. a family. Mm-hmm. I have... I, I have all these things, too. You don't talk to your family. That's true. You live That's with true. them. I talk to mine, and I have other people in my life. Okay, I'm... we need to talk about something else, because I can't be a couples therapist today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that you shouldn't be a couples therapist at any day. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> worst. You'd, you'd be Are you awful. kidding me? Just break up, you guys. Just, uh, fine, if you're going to fight, just just whatever. Listen just to her. and listen off. to <laughs> I don't talk like that. <laughs> no, you don't. It's, that's the best I could do, though. Shove off. Shove off, mate. <laughs> Wolf, mate. Oi, governor. <laughs> Oi, governor. It seems you've been here having a little argument in this marriage that you have uh, found yourself upon. <laughs> <laughs> the king's advice would be, you know, just shove off, mate. <laughs> Boy, the queen, I say, shove off. <laughs> Core blimey. <laughs> I have actually said that, like, without even meaning to. And on a Skype call, and your reaction was like, what? Yeah, when you <laughs> get that's a cartoon British. thing. Yeah, I just, I just picture you, oh, like, blimey. getting a monocle and... Like, it's two steps away from Zounds. <laughs> if, like, imagine a piano falls behind me and i like just misses just misses me uh i would be liable to either yell fuck or just go oh blimey i think that's... my non-sweary version of that would be like a jesus christ that I, that's mine. that that's one of mine as well um but the, the british words there as well uh, i'm sorry for being a cartoon and uh i'm never gonna be a couples therapist these are the things we've learned today yep he's the he's the cartoons couples non-therapist there's <laughs> a sitcom you put that on I, your cv there's a sitcom in which i become a couples therapist it's on but not a cartoon not a cartoon no because it's on cbs and they don't do cartoons Oh, that's a, I would watch a cartoon show about couples therapy. <laughs> Imagine if cartoons were just allowed on primetime. What shows. if, what if just the couples therapist is a cartoon and the other people are real? <laughs> it's it's just Dr. Katz. <laughs> Both real couples. I'm just. Wasn't so... Dr. Katz like the other, the, the, the patients were cartoons, weren't they? Yes. I just said okay. Dr. Katz, but with real people. Okay. Okay. I just want the space to be allowed to be myself. With sounds. me. Oh, governor. Just put a spice back in your marriage. Bob's your uncle. Like the spice is ninja. <laughs> I'm not Australian. 
put another shrimp on the marriage here. <laughs> I was about to say something gross, but I can't. I'll just type that to you afterwards. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that that's your update. We're not playing video games because we do this instead. <laughs> Look forward to the no. Goof Zone coming June 2015. That's that is happening. Uh, yeah. I'm not involved with that. That's just them. That's our extra. I want podcast. nothing to do with that. We're like, hey Matt, do you want to have a podcast in which you're super no. open and personal about mental health? <laughs> the the actual like. Okay, so we might as well tease this. You guys okay. are doing a podcast about depression. Yes. Kind of. And It'll, mental health yes. in general. Yes. Like, it's just going to be you guys, like, being real and kind of goofing around and talking. Like, I assume you're going to interview people. I don't actually know. We haven't we, decided we, yet. We haven't Maybe. Decided yet. Okay. But, uh, I don't, I don't, like, I have some social anxiety, but I don't really have depression in any real way. So I feel like it would be really gross for me to be on that podcast. I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's true because everybody has bad days and everybody sure, has sad but days. But a lot of it would be like, I just sleep on it and when I wake up the next day, I feel fine. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> because that's the solution thing. to all of my I don't, mental I don't think problems. that's to do with the fact that you don't have a diagnosed thing. I think that's to do with that you're more introspective and don't get real and open in the same way we do. Also, it comes uh, from like that, having mm, built-in I, coping mechanisms and like our podcast is more about what happens when you don't have those. Yeah, I have a. I, I'm pretty good at processing my junk. <laughs> I I am too. Hey, <laughs> <sighs> this is also why. <laughs> processing processing your own junk is a good coping mechanism. <laughs> that I'm not hey. real and open. Jackson wounds me on a real level. You're real and open. You're real. I don't know. I feel like I have less of a filter. When it comes to just talking about the re- like raw fucked up parts of me, Matt's really guarded. But like, I don't. That's I'm also... not going to put that on a podcast. Yeah. That's true. Like, that's, him... that, that's all I mean. Okay, it's like I'll just share that on Twitter to anyone. And the so times you've shared that with me, uh, it is in a context of understanding who's un- like hearing it and why. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh. I'm not a public, I'm a very private person, so there's that. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. I don't think that's a bad thing. That's why Jackson and I are doing this, because we are extroverts, and we're gross, and we love attention, and we also think are really, I'm an really sad about it. I think I'm an extrovert. I don't I think you're an know. extrovert. I don't know, maybe. We'll do a one of those... Because uh... I do also hate people. Well, Someday you're going to find out, and if you're an introvert, I'm going to be very excited. Because <laughs> that means you'll stop doing things like going out, even though you know it's going to make you sad. Here's the here's the question. This is the test. Jackson. You two, like, warring over my soul is amazing. Jackson, give us yes. your soul. Oh, no. Do people drain you or energize you? Both. All the time. They never... I'm, they definitely drain me. Like, but... hmm... Yeah, because that's usually, like, if you say they drain you, you're an introvert, and if they uh, yeah, do the opposite. Like, mm. I like both of you a lot. Being on Skype calls with you can drain me. I am not drained. That you was loaded. Who? Which of one of us was bold. that directed at? No, no, okay. no, that was to both of you. <laughs> okay. Like, it doesn't you. matter. Like, I, if I'm around people, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, you know, me and Destiny are in a three-year-long relationship, still... If we're together a long time, I feel kind of tired. Yeah. Not, like, of her, just I'm tired. Yeah, no, I don't I don't get offended because I get it. But, like, whereas I'm, like, if I'm sad or tired, I'm like, can I just be in a room with someone else, please? 
Yeah, I'm more like that. But then sometimes I get the drain thing. It just depends on the person. Well, also, yeah, because I mean, there are people that drain me. I know a lot of psychic vampires. <laughs> I saw what them. Are you, what are you last implying? Week? Are you implying I'm a psychic vampire? No, because if you were a psychic vampire, I wouldn't process your junk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The basis for the psychic vampires is really. This hot. has been our best segment too. <laughs> <laughs> so let's shut this bullshit down and get to the actual video game. That and that's talk about. why Dark Souls is bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A Tokyo Tale, which is a, a, a the, the Wikipedia page calls it a life simulation game, which I think is great, uh, by Millennium Kitchen, uh, designed by Kazuyabe, uh, that is part of the Guild series, which is a bunch of small games by a bunch of different developers that uh, Level 5 published uh, in Japan on 3DS eShop, and then they released them, I think, all but one to America. Um and, uh, sorry, um, this game takes place in, uh, the 1970s? What is it? 71? Does anybody remember? I, I actually didn't catch the year. I think it's 71. It might be 1970. Off the Friday um, Monsters. I thought it was 73, but you might be right. I... It doesn't matter. 1970s Japan! Yes. Uh, <laughs> it takes place in the 1970s. Uh, you play as a young child named Sota, who uh, is new to town. His family runs a laundromat that just opened. And it's just a sleepy Friday uh, afternoon. And the town is the site of these monsters that appear every Friday. And also, coincidentally, the site of a television studio that films a show about monsters that airs every Friday. And you, uh, Sota is, let's see, oh, I don't, he's young. He would probably be like, what, like seven? I think he's about seven. Yeah. And uh, it is just a day of him running around, running errands for his parents and meeting the townsfolk and making new friends. And uh, that's it. Uh, I played this game when it came out. Uh, I was very excited about it. Uh, a bit of background. Uh, Millennium Kitchen and Kazuyabe made a series called uh, Boko no Natsuyami, uh, 
which is like my summer holiday. Uh, the first one came out on the PlayStation in like 2000 and they've been making them ever since. And they're very much of the style. It's like run around a town, uh, usually in the seventies in Japan. Uh, and th- those games, because they're bigger, had like a, like day cycles and like a calendar. It was very like pre, or I guess it was like Shenmue inspired. These came out after Shenmue, I think. Um, but uh, this is uh, like a smaller version of that. It's the first one to come over here. And that's the thing. I, I really like this game. It's a game I've wanted to do for this for almost as long as we've done this podcast. Just like Yakuza. It's very similar. It is Yakuza side quest the game. So Yeah, I didn't really think of that until you said it. But you're not wrong. It's straight up that. That's exactly what it is. Um, I think there's more like... Like the... Things it evokes and the tone and the general aimlessness, I think, is uh, less Yakuza. But, I mean, Yakuza and this, like, these series clearly inspired by, like, Shenmue. I mean, Yakuza is made by Shenmue yeah. people. Uh, so it makes sense that they all kind of stem from the similar, like, place of origin. Mm-hmm. Of what is it like to live life as a person running around engaging with other people and the side quests... This is a lot less cartoonish than Yakuza. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is like a heavily, like, uh, Miyazaki tinged and nostalgia dripping version of that kind mm-hmm. of game. Because Kazuyabe just makes games about his childhood over and over mm-hmm. again. <laughs> it seems to be his deal. Yep. Very sweet. Yep. Very nostalgic. So. How about you guys tell me what you think of Attack the Friday Monsters? I liked it. I uh, feel like it did this really great thing where you couldn't tell what was kid logic and what was actually going on. Um, Mm. So that's my favorite thing about it. And like kind of the most obvious thing about it. Then there's also that childhood element of card collecting and card games and imagination-based play um, where it's like you lose this game and you're the servant to this other kid and that pretty much involves falling down when they put these spells on you and everybody seems to understand the game without explaining the rules to one another because they're children and they just have this shared knowledge Um, I don't know what else to say so someone interrupt me um, the thing I like about the, like, questionable reality of the things that are presented to you is how much it plays with that. Like, you have the scene where you're told that you're an alien from space and, it, like, it takes place when you and the guy who's telling you that, who looks like a Professor Layton character, basically, are, like, standing in a, like, space, like, the Earth's frame behind you and you're just in the void of space and you're being told all these things and it just cuts to you sitting in a diner mm-hmm. with, like, a poster of the Earth yep. behind you. <laughs> and it just lets those two things exist, like, simultaneously and you can sort it out. Yeah, it's really, really good at that sort of thing. And I also liked how anytime you talk to an adult about something that concerned the children, as far as, like, Sota's, like, uh, preoccupied with becoming a defense ranger. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, helps fight the 
protect the planet essentially from monsters and like he goes to talk to his parents about it and his mother's like well your dad took that test when he was younger and recently and he failed and uh it becomes this plot within like a new episode opens up about also like like she's just like like while he's there washing clothes she's like telling you oh he failed and that's why he had to get this job washing clothes and like because the game opens with her kind of disappointing her husband because they moved to this place and the business has like got this friction because like customers aren't happy with their work uh and like it just like you barely touch upon it like it's stuff that uh sota kind of bumps into but he never really grasps what's going on right like because like as you go on in actuality like ramen's dad was upset with his laundry because uh soda's dad was too good at washing clothes and got all of the like gray out of his shirts and he's like that gray added character i wanted that gray in there (laughs) and like as you you can piece that stuff together and like the friction between the parents is like oh like maybe she's frustrated with her husband because he doesn't seem to be like the man that she like thought he was when he was younger but he kind of steps up in this way uh that soda doesn't really understand at the end yeah, I like that they never push it beyond what the kid knows. Yeah. Because when your dad, like, becomes, uh, like, cleaner man or clean man, whatever cleaning he's called. Man. Yeah, cleaning man. Uh, <laughs> and fights the monster. Like, as you're standing on the hill, your mom's like, oh, your dad was so brave. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what What did dad do? <laughs> and she's like, oh, whatever. Go play with your friends. Mm-hmm. Jackson. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's clearly really good. Like, in terms of achieving the stuff it wants to achieve, I have, like, my relationship is weird because it's fraught with a lot of personal stuff, uh, but I want to say up front that I think it's excellent. Like, it, as this condensed expression of, like, a set of ideas and theme and just tone, it nails this coherence that video games, like at least big games, like that I don't associate with big video games. This is a small one, but it's still like a game on a 3DS made by a bunch of people. It's not a one person made a thing and put it on itch.io. Uh, and it has no, it's it's bigger than that, but it's still it's pretty, pretty small, small. But it just has yeah. this coherence to it and this yeah. sense of like intent throughout. Like everything is very clearly building to one idea. That I appreciate it a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But the idea is just uh, this um, childhood nostalgia, which mm. I struggle with. Like, so to me, this game was really sad. But I don't know if that was if it was sad to anyone else. I uh, I don't really have any. Like, I don't have a lot of childhood nostalgia. I. Like, as an adult, I find expressions of it, if it's done really well, just really beautiful. Like, to me, this game is just, like, this really sweet, earnest thing. Like, it's someone sharing a piece of themselves. Uh And, like, I don't really have, like, a lot of memories of my own to, like, pour into that. But, like, I can stand back and appreciate what it is and connect with that mm-hmm. emotionally. Yeah, like... I kind of... Oh, Destiny? Oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I I feel more or less the same. I feel like this wasn't my childhood, but the... No, I mean, I don't don't think this was anyone's childhood, but this guy and, like, people who grew up in this era. Right, exactly. Like, I was going to say, um, like, it 
it wasn't my childhood, but there are little things about it I can recall, like having things happen between your parents that you don't understand, or, um, you know, having, you know, these crazy outdoor experiences with the kids in your neighborhood, or even just, like, the act of walking around and talking to people. Mm Mm-hmm. Or exploring, like, a mysterious thing and having your own, like, space to do that in as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, uh, like this is good. Like, it touches on just a bunch of super personal stuff. I don't know how much I'm going to go into here. But, like, I'm, like, I was crying through most of it because it's somehow the most heartbreaking thing to me. Uh and I definitely could see how that could come out because it is sort of like a, is it a loss of innocence thing? It's more like, um, hmm. That's kind of how I would see it. Well, like the game is all framed around him and his parents and his parents are all clearly not in a good way and he doesn't realize that. Uh, and the two stories are him just having his life and having his dreams and being this childish person, uh, conflicting, like, coming up against how he's looking into all these adults' lives who are all unsatisfied in various ways. So there's a lot of loss of innocence in the game. Uh, but ultimately, I feel like it's the story of regaining something that you lost. Like, when the dad goes out and becomes cleaning man, whatever, he is able to tap into a part of himself that he has lost before. I feel. I mean, I guess, but so much of the actual game is about your, like, in your own, your ability to only kind of brush up against the lives of other people. Mm -hmm. Like the game, I think to me, this game is about like the, the intenseness, but impermanence of like human connections. Like, you make them, and they can be profound, but they can be a thing that just happens in an afternoon. Like, in this, in the space of a couple hours, he makes these new friends, and especially given that the narration is someone who's not him, like, you get the sense that maybe, like, some of those friendships last, but, like, some of them probably don't, and, like, some of the things that happen to people's lives are really important, but some of them are not, like, it's just another day. I also like that the narrator is revealed to be S-Chan. And, mm-hmm. like, what that means, like, why is she telling this story from Soto's point of view? Like, did they end up getting married? <laughs> like, what's the story there? Are they still friends? And, like, he told her this stuff? Like, and, uh, the implications of that are pretty interesting. And I, mm-hmm. I like that you're kind of left to ruminate on that without it being, like, this huge reveal. It's just this little thing that happens. Um... And so that also kind of cast it in this light of, like, you've got this narrator talking about these experiences that aren't hers necessarily, but they're, you know, very detailed personal things. Mm. But, like, if you take the, like, lore, quote-unquote, of the game, like, it's really important to her because she, like, the game presents her as, like, this, maybe, like, this space princess who is there and has hired Frank to suss out like the space defender and Soda is the one who like rises to the occasion or Soda's father but they like they both kind of do and then like Frank claims that Soda's an alien and like that stuff like her story it, like lore wise is like this 
the moment that she found the thing she was looking for. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. It also makes it more than just like a simple childhood nostalgia story. It makes it this strange science fiction thing, which is mm-hmm. really cool. But then I like I also think of something like uh the Wonder Years, like when S like when you meet S Chan, she's like, and there I am. I'm S Chan. Yeah. Like I like the the narration kind of like changes your perspective of the narrative, but only about halfway into the game. Yeah, it takes a while to for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that, that stuff's really interesting. And the fact that it doesn't, that it leaves it so ambiguous, like you can totally just discount the like alien stuff as these people playing around. And after the game, when you talk about Frank being an alien, like to some of the adults, like the police officer is like, Oh, that just means he's not from here. Like he's maybe he's from a different country or something. And you, you like the idea that your child, like a child can't, like bring the two ideas together of like oh frank's like european or something uh versus he's from outer space is i think really interesting mm-hmm. even if frank's like no i'm, I'm from space <laughs> <laughs> yeah frank's a ridiculous character i like the bit where it cuts to the ship and the thing that it puts in the caption is probably an alien <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. But the, the the aliens actually just act like extras on the TV yep. show. <laughs> so, I think maybe it's important to ask: What is everyone's read on the reality of this game? Because I bet we have different ones. I don't. I don't know because I don't care. I I I like the thought. I like I like. In my imagination, I have the way that I want this to go, and I like that it's not, like, canon, but I I, I don't know. I think it's nice to have my own read. Mm-hmm. I guess I kind of think none of it's real. Uh, I think that's closest to my read, is that it's all just okay. stuff that they're seeing through their own eyes and interpreting this way. Uh, like, <laughs> the fact that they... Um, the, the the first half of the game before the monsters show up, it's basically them discovering slowly all the reasons the monsters are fake. Because they mm-hmm. find the, um, the 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 footprints, and they find the shovel marks in them, and they find the reverberating thing, and then they see the smoke, and yeah, uh, and only then do does the ridiculous stuff happen when. Like it's revealed everything is fake, and then suddenly it becomes real as their story arc's complete. So I assume that that's actually not happening, and it's all just representing the stuff that's going on inside them, like the um, Soda's adventure with his friends, so the story with the dad, like learning how to um, stand up for himself, basically. Uh, so I, 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 my assumption, but also I don't think it matters. I I don't know. Like my personal read is that like you have this town where this TV show is being filmed, and like in the lore of the game, like Soda's dad is a space defender, so he's probably an mm-hmm. alien, and he was drawn here because him and his son both really like this show that's about these things, and his dad has all these frustrations about like he didn't live up to his space defenderness mm-hmm. like he was supposed to, but he still enjoys the escapism, and then. Like, by that same token, Frank's probably, like, probably drawn there because he sees these monsters, and to him they're real because he's just, like, an alien guy. And he's like, well, the the space defender that we're looking for has to be here, right? Mm -hmm. And so then 
during the filming of the TV show, like Frank's monk, the Frankosaurus shows up and is at least in the fiction of the game, clearly presented as like a real monster and cleaning man is clearly presented as like a real superhero. Like the aliens in the UFO are like monster, like are like seem like extras in the TV show. Like when they get shot down, they're very confused and like weirded out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Oh, what, this is not how this is supposed to go. And then the monster happens and you do the magic and you knock down the Frankosaurus because he had a fatal flaw in that he was very open to suggestion. Is it weird that I thought most of it was orchestrated for the children's benefit? Really? Yeah, like that's kind of how I was reading stuff. I don't Huh, that's interesting. No, like I, I, I the the important thing is that all the readings are valid. Okay. Like to me. But I, I'd be interested to hear more about that one. Well, I just, I got the vibe that this was the town where they filmed these shows. The kids mm-hmm. didn't realize that it was a television show. So the adults humor them by putting on these uh, Friday night performances. Um, So to me, like, the, the monsters in the smoke and the ships and even the producer, like, inducting him into the space defense forces or whatever is part of them playing along like she's clearly like pr person and like like vice producer or whatever right. she is like she's like oh these kids come up and they're fans of the show so i gotta go through the spiel and give them the badge or whatever uh, but like at the end of the day she seems like really inspired by the events that happen like to me it's like oh like this one singular event of real monsters and real aliens happen in this town and that's why she's like at the end of the, like at the end of the game, if you go back, she's like, "Oh, I've yeah. got so many ideas for new shows now." I'm here to inspire children. That's my yep. goal. Like that's what she says. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she seemed kind of jaded at first. But I feel like I don't know. It just felt like some of it was the adults trying to make things more fun for the kids. But then at the same time, when it's wrapped up in the cleaner man narrative with Soda's dad, I have no idea how to yeah. interpret that. And I kind no. I like yeah. that. I like the fuzziness of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of that's like your narrator is clearly not given like your narrator and your protagonist are clearly not given all of the 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 background you need to detangle it, but also the game just plays with like a magical realism that you don't see in video games a lot. Right. And then when you're a kid, I mean how you remember stuff is how you remember stuff. Yep. So who knows, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's it's really clever in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, turning it uh, past that, uh, two things I wanted to mention that I think are great is that this game combines the two things that we've talked about in our Final Fantasy episodes as being big fans of, and that is gorgeous pre-rendered backgrounds. Like, just stunning. Uh, And the way that it uses 3D, I don't know if you turn the 3D on, is actually, like, really clever in that, like, your character isn't really, like, 3D, but, like, they do a lot of with the planes of the uh, drawn mm-hmm. backgrounds. Yeah, like, the, the bridge will be out. in front of, like, it, it plays in distance in the landscapes, basically. Yeah. And it looks good. And that stuff's really great. Like, in the, especially, like, just even in Soda's house, like, the clothes that, like, form, like, the border of the frame of the mm-hmm. space will be, like, really f- close to you and everything else is, like, vignetted by it. Um, and I really like that stuff. And also, this game is full of the Final Fantasy VIII animations have to play out and then, like, lead into one another in this, like, very queued up sort of way. <laughs> they have to fall down every single time and then stand back up and they yep. have to say the full phrase. And I'm like, I get it. Oh, my God. You're going to fall down. They fell down. You stood up. 
Oh. The my favorite thing is when characters are climbing the stairs to the lookout point, and they have this animation of climbing the stairs. But it to me it always looks like they're climbing one stair that isn't there. Yeah, like the animation lasts like half a second too long. There's an extra step that we don't yep. see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like I love that it just it does that. There's a certain hominess to that that is like I think it's as much like maybe like a technical limitation, but I think it's also part of the nostalgia of these like. These games are meant to evoke nostalgia by their form as much as by their content. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't think of it that way. Like so much about it, it's like adventure game, but a bunch. It's actually like a bunch of side quests that are just on a mini map. Like it, it, it plays out in such like a linear way, but gives you these suggestions of like these game forms, even though it's like it never actually commits to any of them much. No, I wonder if that was intentional. I mean, I'm sure it's part intentional and part, like, just a limitation of the scope. Uh, from what I know of the summer holiday games, like, they're much more complicated. Because you have, like, a kind of a similar cast of characters, but they often take place over, like, you have three weeks. And you can only do, like, four activities a day. And, like, it's got, like, a persona element almost. And there's a bunch of different endings because there's, like, you could just not complete any of the quests. And it'll give you an ending for that. Or you could do everything, or you could do some of the things, or you could guide it one way or another. Um, I really wish they'd trans, like, someone would translate some of those into English, because that sounds really fascinating to me. Um, there's a, uh, a scroll, which is Brave Barnholtz magazine issue dedicated to the games of Millennium Kitchen that came out around the time Attack the Friday Monsters did. Uh, that's all about that series, and that's the only reason I know of them. That's awesome. Uh, uh, but it's worth reading uh, if you like this game or are interested in, like, a type of game that just doesn't exist, at least in this country at all. I know, it's such a tiny scope, and I love that, like, you just got this little part of the map, and, like, they use uh, kid logic to explain some of the limitations, like, oh, we can't go over here because the trains are over here. Yep, but... <laughs> Uh, my favorite thing about that is, like, when you go on, like, when you're running across the bridge, you'll often see a train in the distance. Yeah. Like, rumbling along. Like, it gives you such, like, a sense of scale, even though your your actual, like, space you walk through is really limited. And the sound. Like, when you get to the busier yep. part of the town, the noises are people talking. And... Yep. But, or when you're on that the hillside, like, right off the bridge, you just hear cicadas. It's, like, really quiet. Yeah. It's just, like, a shot of the sky. Like, I love that stuff. It's really well done. And, like, the focus on basically creating space and tone. Uh, like, you were saying this game doesn't exist over here, which is true. And it, like, made me realize the difference in approach to, like, a life simulation thing. Because over here mm-hmm. you might have the sims. Where... Or, like, it'd be focused on things that you do rather than Im- implications of scope. Like... An adventure um, game would be similar, we, but the puzzles are always so detached from things, whereas the puzzles here are, okay, someone needs to hear the noise, so we need to go make the noise at them. But everything that you do is connected to the people. Uh, I think we talked about this a bit. I, I don't think it was on podcast, but I think we just talked about it when everyone was playing Animal Crossing. Because Animal Crossing and The Sims are, on paper, the same yes. game. But Animal Crossing does it entirely through experiences, and Sims does it entirely through mm-hmm. meters. Yeah, definitely. And, like, this game is like that, too. Like, it'll give you, like, 
actual side like quests and like they're like chapters and you make progress in them and it'll save it and stuff but it doesn't actually care about doing them in order it doesn't really give it doesn't even give you the ability to like track them down and complete them in an order and sometimes you just get the quests and they'll just complete as you play through the game yeah and sometimes you'll start one and complete one simultaneously when you meet a certain character or just walk through an area that you weren't in before uh i really really liked how one of the uh, episodes that you get, you don't even complete until the credits are over. Yep. And it's like one of the first ones you get. And I, I really appreciate that. And then there's that bonus Saturday thing. Uh, which I don't know how much of that did you guys play? I've, uh, I, yeah, I did everything in that game the first time I played it and did almost everything the second time. I, the only thing I didn't do the second time was get all I the cards. I didn't get all the cards, okay. but I did most of the things. I had, I think I only had two quests uncompleted by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I had three uncompleted. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. And then, like, yeah. uh, only three uh, cards so left to get. In the Saturday mode, you can, like, talk to people and get basically, like, points of interest that you then ask other people about. And if you follow that quest line, you'll complete the rest of the quests. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they revolve around, like, tying up loose ends. And it, it's kind of ostensibly about is Frank actually an alien or is he just a foreigner? Um, and the answer is, as you might expect, as ambiguous when it ends as when Mm -hmm. it begins. Uh, though Frank's like, oh yes, I'm from Alpha Centauri or whatever, and I'm very lonely here. (laughs) Like, there's this moment at the end of that line where Frank just talks about, like, what it's like to be on this planet and feel, like, isolated that's really uh, beautiful, and Soda just totally stonewalls because he doesn't know, because he's seven. (laughs) Um. Well, uh, wait, did I interrupt you? Oh, no. One of the things that I think is great in that, like, my favorite, maybe one of my favorite moments in the entire game is in that quest line, uh, one of the kids says to you, oh, we don't know where Billboard is. Billboard's missing. And if you go down to the the plank bridge that someone puts down, uh, Billboard's just, like, huddled there, and he's, like, redecorated it. Like, he's painted a bunch of, like, colors over the top of it. And they just, uh, I think he says they're, like, a picture of Glimms, uh, but when you talk to him, Casota just says the thing that becomes your point of interest. He's like, hey, Billboard's missing. And Billboard's like, oh, Billboard's missing. Wait a second. I'm Billboard. I'm right here. <laughs> and it's just like the cutest, like, kid, like, logic, figuring stuff out thing. Aww. Yeah. I love it. That game is super sweet. Does that but... storyline about... No, no, no. Sorry. I interrupted no, you. No, go ahead. Does that storyline about him, Sota... Uh, realizing that he's an alien and he isn't sure if his parents are his real parents, does that really get resolved? No, the, the, uh, the only real comment on it is him, when he first finds out, he's like, oh, my parents would be so sad. Aww. <laughs> like, the only thing he's, con- like, he totally is willing to accept it. The only thing he's concerned about is that his parents would be sad to learn that he's not their son. Yeah. I but to me, strange. I've always read that as, like, in actuality, it's just that his father is an alien also. Okay. Well, I think the end of the game confirms that. Like, he yeah. assumes that means that he can't be his parents' yeah. um, child, but the end of the game, whether it's real, whether, like, whatever, the implication to me is that he knows that his parents are his parents. Right. Mm-hmm. And whatever that makes him, and, and whatever, whether they're an alien or not, is irrelevant. Like, he, they are together and family again yeah. at the end. And if you want to read that as just child justification of, like, 
adult things. It could just be Sota seeing his father as an alien is a way to reconcile the fact that his parents have this, like, they've really devoted to each other, but they have this, like, strange tension mm-hmm. between them. Yeah. Like, oh, he's this alien who came from space to be this hero, but he actually fell in love with his mom, and they settled down and have this, like, domestic life mm-hmm. now. Okay. Yeah, this game, ugh, the seamlessness of reality and fantasy is just i can't think of anything else i've played so like this one last thing because this is a throwback game from japan there is a weird card game in it and we need to touch upon it mm-hmm. i feel like it's pretty much everyone's point of friction because it's not a very good card game because it's a bad card i game. actually think it's a fine uh, card game i think game. it's fun it took me a while to get the hang of it i'll admit the only thing i don't like about it uh is that it takes too long to get new cards <laughs> because collecting glims like i don't mind getting glims in the world but when you're at the point where you just have to get glims from beating people if you actually try to get all the cards it actually takes quite a bit of time yeah i think they should uh if it were to be retooled maybe make it take a less a smaller amount of glims to get certain you take ones. half you get mm. a card for three glims rather than for six glims well, yep. th- maybe certain cards would take longer just because they're more rare, because there are the cards actually, that have dual I, abilities. I feel like you should... I I would make it so you win cards from beating people, not glimpse. Oh, that makes more sense, you'd think. Because then it would encourage you to beat every person to get their like the card that they have that's like unique to them. And then I liked combining cards, so if you had the same card as somebody else and that came up in the game you could use like oh i have a nine point card as opposed to your three point card the one thing i do love is the the drawings on the cards are amazing yeah they're really beautiful like these very like traditional paintings of the most ridiculous monsters the mosquito monster the eagle in a spacesuit is my favorite thing in the entire world i like the penguin yeah the penguin's pretty good yeah, they're just these kind of like off-brand uh, uh, kaiju, and it's it's so much fun. I love that stuff. But uh, yeah, the game is whatever. To me, it feels very much like they realized that they made a two-hour game and decided like they're like, how do we add like yep, more games? That's what it felt it? like to me, and it was really annoying because the moments you have to like play the game, just you. I mean, on on some of I think like the game a little bit like. Playing the game as much as it requires, because it requires you to... You have to win two games to complete the game. Yeah, but you have... They're, uh, like, difficult enough that you have to go and get cards and make sure you know what you're doing. I, I beat both of the required battles with the five cards I got just from running around the world getting okay. cards. I had a ton of cards by the time the second fight came along, so I had no problem with that second one. But the first one where you have to beat Akibi took me a few tries because I yeah. didn't have very many cards at first. But and, I was, and it's also like it's also like the point where you have to learn the game. I was um, running around getting glims like on purpose though. Like I would mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, put the quests aside and go run around looking for glims. Um, the the thing I do like that it evokes is this moment where you're new in town and you have to like like. As Sota, you have to get up to speed with the rest of the kids in the world if you if you want them to like listen to you and like like respect you. Basically, like getting cred involves you engaging with the thing that they've been doing for a stem- like probably a long time. I also like, and I think that's very real to how kids operate. Like you have to get on their level. Well, also I agree, and also like I don't 
I don't know if I agree with the fact that like they needed something to fill it because I think that card games especially like collectible type things isn't that like a big thing in oh, sure. childhood and, Japanese yes. culture I mean it's a I think it's a big thing in all childhood culture but yeah especially like these idea of kaiju cards specifically feels like something like he probably collected like Godzilla cards as a kid like Kazuyavi did something like that uh, yeah so I think yeah. it serves the characters really mm-hmm. well but the specifically the way you gain cards uh, to me, feels like a system that's meant to like kind of Elongate, extend the game. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think it like overpowers the game or anything, but it, I think it's the weakest point in the mm-hmm. game. Like I don't, I don't think, I don't think me saying that means it's automatically terrible or shouldn't be there. It, it's a friction point in a game that's kind of without them otherwise. But I still think it evokes a lot of things that are good, even if it's a thing that is. Like, you both were kind of weird about it. Every review of the game kind of points out that the card game takes a little too long or asks a little too much. Uh, and the one letter we got about this uh, talks about that as well. Uh, so it it we it's worth bringing up even if I think there's good things in the card game. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of it if nobody has anything else. I don't have anything. I like this game. It's a good game. Good game. Yep. TM. Second time I played it. It's uh it was I enjoyed it maybe even more the second time than the first time. Uh I I just like living in that world. There are times where I'd like just set it down while I'm like standing on the hillside and like the music's playing and just look stuff up on the internet and kind of enjoy the like soundscape of that world because the music and the foley and stuff is amazing in that game. I just love the way it always sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds great. One of the like usually when I play a game for a, a long period of time, I mute the game and listen to the podcast or listen to something else or talk to someone on Skype. This game, I always had the sound on because the music mm-hmm. was so good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, if if you have not played Tech Fighter Monsters, a why did you listen to all this? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> And B, you should go get it from the eShop. It's like two hours uh, long. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like two to three hours long, and it is absolutely worth your time. Even if you've listened to all this and you haven't played it yet, go do that. It's great. Play the video games. <laughs> I guess segment three, because our first segment was just one big long mess that was one and yep. two. <laughs> Podcasting, um, we're good at it. 
Questions. Jackson, we have two questions that you wanted to ask Okay, us. two questions. First comes from Mike Cosimano on Twitter. He asks, mm-hmm. Which indie game would you recommend to John Cena? So, when I saw this, the one thing I said to Jackson and Destiny was, I've heard, I'm pretty sure it was a, like a Jeff Gerstmann statement, but I believe it, is that John Cena said that he really likes video games, but he can't really play them because his hands are too big. And if you've seen John Cena, he has giant gorilla arms, so that I'm willing to believe that. Um, and the idea that his hands are too big to play video games is also hilarious <laughs> to me. So. <laughs> uh, so keep that in mind when you pick the indie game that John Cena should play. But I'm curious what everyone's answer I is. I don't know. Uh, Clicker Heroes. Clicker Heroes. <laughs> yeah, because he only has to do that one motion, and you could just use, you know, your big beefy thumb. John Cena mm. gonna lose hours to just clicking and watching meters fill up. <laughs> Jackson, do you Ooh, have one? Um, hmm. I don't. I don't know. What does John Cena like apart from not giving up? <laughs> uh, and not being seen. Yeah, I was going to make a joke about he should play a stealth, stealth game. game. But I'm glad you've totally punctured the hole in the setup for that. But you're fine. Um, Sorry. He should... It's not an indie game, but he should play Pokemon. I John Cena should just like play something chill like this. He should play Attack of the Spider Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> he could also do a video about how he's delighted and potentially check high this, check and this. enjoying the fact it, it rewinds time. <laughs> that video is John seven Cena, years old. John Cena doesn't get that high. <laughs> I know that video is so Holy old. Shit, that makes me uncomfortable on a deep level. I love that we now get to put that video in the things referenced. In beautiful day. A beautiful <laughs> day it is here. I'm glad that I also first thought of um, John Soldier Boy playing Braid. <laughs> was yep. the place my head, head went to. Um, Binding of Isaac. I could see John Cena getting really into Binding of Isaac. Really? He doesn't give up. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Good point. Maybe Spelunky for a guy like that. What if, what if we just have John Cena play Super Hexagon? WWE Aww. Immortals. <laughs> <laughs> Does John Cena play as John Cena in WWE Immortals? No, he beats up John Cena every time. John Cena's... Or does he does does he play as Nikki Bella? <laughs> I, I don't know. I can see me. John Cena's greatest enemy is himself. He uses it to inflict pain no. upon himself. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> the deep suffering and self-loathing of John Cena, it, it's painful. The man is not happy. Yeah. He, no. I like I like that your headcanon of John Cena is that he's like self-loathing secretly. Look, don't get into my headcanon of most things because it will read them as way sadder than they truly are. <laughs> John Cena seems like a pretty... He seems like the genuine John Cena seems not too far from the character John Cena. In that he's just, like, the most positive, like, annoying but Boy I, Scout I, man. Just being me, I can't help but see those people as, like, four centimeters away from a breakdown into the most dangerous pits of self-loathing. He probably makes too much money. Sure, that. but what if it... What happens when he gets Ric Flair? Is he still living the dream 20 years later saying, they would have me around, I mean, but then I just show them all up. <laughs> 
John Cena does not. John Cena is in better shape and has less substance abuse than Ric Flair ever that, did. That's fair. John Cena has been going a while, and if he had been going a while and living hard, he would not still be doing what he does now. Yeah. Good point. He is a, a more sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ric Flair was playing, you know, jet flying, limousine driving, hard drinking, hard partying son of a gun for ye- for decades. And he was living that dream. So there's no surprise Ric Flair is the man he Woo. is today. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Wrestling talk. <laughs> Space Mountain. <laughs> da, 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 da. We had another da, question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Adam from Tampa. I don't know his last name, but he's from Tampa. From Tampa. From Tampa. Asks. Friend of Tom. I want to know if you all enjoy the music of Steely Dan. If so, what songs belong in games? So I didn't know who... I'd heard of Steely Dan, but I did not know any of their songs until Destiny linked me one. I'm like, oh, I know that song. Uh, It was reeling through the years. Reeling in the years? Whatever. Yeah, so Steely Dan's kind of prog rocky. And the only thing I have to say to that is that, like, Japanese prog rock was a huge... And European prog rock was a huge influence on early video game music. So that's there's that. I don't know. There's a really great Retronauts episode about prog rock and its influence. That's on pretty good. Like, if you want to know where video game music came from, it's Yellow Light Orchestra and Can. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Steely Dan should just be in driving games. But you never know. Maybe something uh, like a Metal Gear game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're getting... Uh, no, they're already past the era where Steely Dan was relevant, I think. They've already Aww. got a prog rock theme for Metal Gear 5. That's true. We We've already, already used, used that it. We podcast, used it the sadly. second we first could, so... Who's going to stop us? Look, we were standing <laughs> on the edge. It's a pretty good song. Uh, and we also have an email, which doesn't really have a question, about Friday Monsters from... So, Alan um, Alan Ibrahim sent us a very long email it's about not that long. Monsters. In the fact that I can't summarize it, other than he basically said a lot of things we did, pointed, he didn't like the card battle that much, uh, but though he did talk about it as like a, like a collective ritual mm-hmm. with friends, so that it's makes a good sense email. to me. Um, one of the things he mentioned that I didn't think of is that we talk so much about turning things into yep. work. And like being like keeping busy, and this game is so much about living a life where that's not the mm-hmm. case, where you just kind of lazily bounce thing to thing, from yeah. thing to thing as whim mm-hmm. takes you, yeah. Uh, and how that's this like maybe this thing uh, it, that is like all adults are nostalgic for, even though I'm not sure I was ever that no, person. No, I definitely wasn't. I was always. That's, but. Uh, it sounds great. I wish I could live that. That life. was me when I was a teenager. Oh, I was never. I was so. I've always been kind of. You know what? That's not true. I've. Mm, I used to be lazy. I. I wasn't like lackadaisical in the way that Sota is. I was just lazy, and now I'm a workaholic. So that's just the way my arc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, it, it sounds nice. I wish I, I like someday I'd like to achieve lackadaisicalness. I don't, I'm, I don't meditate enough to be lackadaisical. Maybe you should start. Yeah, probably. Jackson would be really good at meditating. <laughs> yeah, Jackson would be ace at meditating. <laughs> this is a reference to the off the mic. Like, we talk- oh, is that off the mic? Yeah, it was all off the mic. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. We had like 45 minutes because we didn't want a podcast of bullshitting about life stuff. <laughs> Um, (laughs) i was not terrible at meditating i uh i just don't want to do it i I am i am atrocious (laughs) at meditating one time destiny tried to like she was like yeah you don't you seem too high strung to meditate yeah i tried to like guide him like he was having a bad day and i was like well here let me do some guided meditation and he was like being really snarky with I me every time I said I something. I could I just literally can't. I I feel like I need to do about 50 years of meditating before I can get to the point where I can actually meditate. <laughs> you guys, it's just sitting there. There's no way to do it wrong. I, I tried. <laughs> I, um, I, I agree, but you have to be at a place where you can accept yeah, I, that. Oh, uh, my goodness. I also am generally a fan of, like, active meditation, like, Walking meditation. Uh, walking meditation. You can meditate on, on anything as long as you're mindful. Yeah, cleaning meditation. I do it when I brush my teeth. Yep. Um, I spend the time brushing I, my teeth going, oh, shit, I've got things to do. Why I'm brushing my teeth? Oh, my God, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you just focus on it. You're like, I'm brushing my teeth. This is what I'm doing. Like, you can note the emotions that that brings up, but you got to discard them as they come along. Like, that's what meditation's about. It's about, un- it's about like, understanding yourself, but, like, totally... Not judging. And I don't think all. I've yeah, let I, a I, single emotion go since I was eight. Uh, <laughs> I uh, do it like maybe like oh every other week, but it's part of my therapy. Like so, we do it at the end of therapy. But uh, like on my own, it's really hard to do because I usually just fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why the next game club is uh, Tony Hawk's Project Eight. Nice. <laughs> You're biting the end of it. This is like when I ruin all your shit. Yes, in it is. Isn't it? You're doing this on yeah. purpose. God damn it! All right. Sometimes so, I can heal. I'm not too bad at it. In a couple weeks, we're gonna do the end of Final Fantasy VIII. That's dependent on all of us finishing Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, and VIII. we should probably hit up Austin about uh, that. Yep, but we need it. We need a firm date before mm-hmm. we do that. So I want to wait until we're further yes. along into it. Um. But the game club next month is going to be Tony Hawk's Project Eight, which uh, sequel to Tony Hawk's Project Seven. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Do you 6. remember the names of all the Tony Hawk games? So it's Tony Hawk One through Four. Yes. Okay. And then, um, is it Thug or Thaw? Thugs first. first. So it's Thug yes. 1 and 2, and yes. then Thaw, and then yes. Project 8, and then Ride? No. Shred? No. What's you missed the, name the final Tony Hawk game. What's the, oh, what's the one in between Project 8 Proving and... Proving Ground. I don't remember Proving Ground. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's a disappointing sequel to Project 8. There's a reason we're not doing Proving Ground, <laughs> uh, even though we should be. So... I really like Skate 2, um, and I, I've loved it since I got it. It was kind of a whim, because I don't give a shit about skateboarding, but 
uh, something about it just spoke to me when I saw, or I probably saw a quick look on it. Um, and, uh, Jackson, of course, is the Tony Hawk expert. Um, uh, yeah. And this was the game you were like, if you want to play Tony Hawk, this is the yep. game you should play. Uh, cause I've played like Tony Hawk 2 and it's, structure like actually makes me feel yeah really i want to say this isn't a common opinion most people are about uh tony hawk 3 being the pinnacle and i can see why that but in a structural sense tony hawk's project 8 is the closest they ever got to making a game human beings could play outside of 1999 okay <laughs> and so i owned a copy and we were today we realized we had not picked a game or the game that we were going to do is actually way too close to attack of the Bright monsters we'll do it eventually i'm not even gonna talk about it right now but we'll do it uh, cause it's a game I want to play and probably talk about. But, uh, we, me, Jackson, and Destiny spent probably a good 20 minutes looking over our collection of games. Other games that we almost played include Binary Domain. Call of Duty uh, Black, Black Ops, Ops 2. 2. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, there was something else there that I almost got picked, right? Someday I will force you to play Ninja Gaiden. Bulletstorm. Oh, yeah, Bullet yeah. Storm was And then we realized that they'd killed um, it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance Destiny vetoed that one. Yep, sorry. Maybe later. Uh, I really just X Men Legends two. Legends <laughs> two again. <laughs> but that doesn't have online nope. multiplayer, so that's. Uh, I played that by myself. I just played it on Skype with someone, or no, it was on the phone back before Skype with someone the entire time. Yeah, man, I remember that. I remember playing game. I played almost all of Enslaved on an Xbox voice chat with someone. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, and so Project, uh, Tony Hawk's Project 8, is that of a story mode that we need to complete yeah. or? Okay. Well, we'll do our best. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need to complete it, but it has a structure. It has an ending. Um, okay. But it, cool. it does, it has, it's got, in terms of a, a big style structure, it's the most accessible and kind of best one. It's not, it's not just a bunch of goals and career mode. Okay. Um, and, uh, we'll be there with you at the end of June flat. Um, that's it. Plugs. Destiny, you get to go first. Oh, hey. Badlandgirls.com. At FridgeBuzzNow on Twitter. And, uh, look out for the Goof Zone coming in. Did you get Goof.Zone? Shit, no! I need to get that. I got GoofZone.com. And (laughs) I got, uh, oh, fuck, I need to get Goof.Zone, don't I? (laughs) Yep. Yep. You have until Friday. Or, you should, I don't know. I'm amazed that I wouldn't be surprised if it was taken. What? I I would have. Uh, hang on. Here we go right now. Uh, live podcast finding URL. Twenty four dollars sixty cents. Are you kidding me? We have just become the giant bombcast. Yeah, those new TLDs. Oh, I, I might PayPal that to you uh, next weekend if if possible. If you want to help me get Gift of Zone, then for free. But <laughs> Dude, you cannot go. And make this podcast and tell people it's at goofzone.com when goof.zone exists. You can't do it. $24.60. We, look, I would do it, but I'm already paying for so much podcast hosting. Yeah, I'm paying for hosting on my website. I'm paying, uh, we're gonna have to pay for Libsyn for this one. Hey, having a bunch of podcasts adds up over time. You're only gonna do that once a month, right? Uh, Don't we? Twice a month. If you make them short, you'll only have to do the $5. We're going to keep it at $5, and if we need to upgrade, we will. We need to end this podcast. I am at HeadfulsOff on Twitter. Uh, I also do Trash Picture Ratio with these idiots and Kyle. 
Um, and <laughs> that's about movies. It's pretty good. It's at trashbackratio.com. Have I left anything out? No, I don't think so. You have a... Starts with a P. Podcast. Ends with an Patreon. Patreon! Oh, shit, I do. <laughs> I have a Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash off. Please help. I'm very poor. I'm going to be writing something soon. So, And uh, you can find me on Twitter at LitRock. Uh, I, I guess I run this goddamn website, which you can find at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, you can send us questions at podcast.abnormalmapping.com and check out the YouTube channel. Um you're doing where when this comes out you're doing uh what the fuck's the name of that game broken age and coming and, soon and had, i actually had questions about it the star wars thing the star uh lego star wars is after that and that's also when fallout new vegas will start um get hype for that those will be the most radically <laughs> different let's plays you could possibly get uh super mario brothers 2 will continue on for the rest <laughs> of the summer because jackson will never beat it <laughs> so <laughs> oh. sad but someday Castlevania Two will be there, and I'm 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 ready and go waiting. I'm very excited to play Castlevania Two. <laughs> now that I've basically beaten Mario Two for you, can I just take your video as my own? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I didn't actually beat it. Yeah, but I just skipped it six three. And I didn't even like make a save state because I didn't care. You're so cruel. You're a cruel human being. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. See you in a when couple When I weeks. insulted Dark Souls, I, I, I haven't actually played it. <laughs>